Hello and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Hey, Spiralers, we found something that we could not wait to tell you about. We have got for you some spiritual tea. Actually, it's not tea at all, but (laughs) it is our new favorite meditation app, Superhuman. We are literally obsessed with this. I love it because unlike other meditation apps we've used before, it has meditations you can do as you go about your day, not just when you're sitting or lying down. My favorite are the getting ready ones that are about 20 minutes long with affirmations that you can listen to as you start your morning or the midday pep talks, which are only two or three minutes long, and they even have specific tracks for moms. Yeah, there's so many options. And I really like how these meditations are aimed at helping you tap into the emotions of what you want to attract. Mm -hmm. They're accompanied with really moving motivational musical tracks, and they're just not boring. They don't just ask you to sit there and try to clear your mind. Instead, I feel like I'm in my own music video and I'm tuning into the frequency of my future self. Yeah, I actually feel like I'm in my own movie when I'm listening to them. I know, me too. Especially when I'm doing the walking ones. There's like Mm -hmm. specific walking ones where Mimi's voice, who actually voices all of the tracks, she's like, and as you walk into your future, (laughs) I literally feel like I'm commanding this energy. And that's the entire point of the meditation is to really tune into a higher frequency. And so with our code, you can try the Superhuman app with one free month in addition to their trial offer of two complimentary weeks. That's six entire free weeks to tune into the frequency of your highest timeline. It's so abundant. We want you to try it for yourself and let us know what you think because you have absolutely nothing to lose and you can redeem your free six weeks of the Superhuman app now by clicking the link in our show notes and using the code SPIRALINGHIGHER with no spaces. We know you're going to love this one and we feel confident that your vibrations are going to spiral higher. Oh my goodness, do you know what today is? Um, August 30th. <laughs> no, today is the 50th episode <gasps> of Spiraling Higher. Oh my god, you're right. 50 episodes. I know, you never realize this, but cuz on my side I can actually rename the episode before we record. Oh. So that when it's done recording, it just like renames it in the library. So it says always the previous um the previous name of the previous episode. Got which it. Is, Got it. Yeah. So it said episode 49 because that's what we recorded last week. And I went to go and change it. And I was like, oh my God, 50 episodes. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> it's not really an anniversary, but no. it is It is a huge milestone. And actually, what I was thinking about talking about today, because this is the thing about Gina and I's episodes together, is it really reflects what we're kind of going through at the time when you guys hear these transmissions. But thinking about 50 episodes, we've been really just pondering this idea of procrastination. And it's been coming up in our group containers and one-on-one containers with clients. And Mm -hmm. I think at this point, at 50 episodes, I want everyone to know that we also procrastinated on Spiraling Higher for three years. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we continue to procrastinate all the time, just even in our own lives. And so, yeah, we really wanted to kind of dive deep into why we procrastinate, how it shows up in our own lives. And really, even with this journey, um, I would love to share what we kind of faced until we got here over those three years. Because you're right. I mean, we were journaling about it pretty early, early on. Pretty early. I remember basically the first not the first, but let's say the second or third month that we were friends, we said we should start a podcast. It was actually so, at Whistler, which was only a month after we met. Was that a month? Yeah, it was in July and we met in June. Oh my God, we were so close already. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, one month after Gina and I, Earth Time Wise, were friends, we had already had the conversation about starting a podcast because it was these conversations with her that were so... They were so... um like acceleratory on my journey of healing mm. and awareness and consciousness. And we did have the idea back then actually to start this. And I think I want to talk about together how we were able to eventually move past the block that is procrastination. How do we move past our fears? How do we move past our own like self-imposed like doubt and guilt and shame around doing this? And how do we get to a place where now this feels like second nature, right? Mm -hmm. Like how did we go from that to this? Because when I look back on who I was three years ago, actually that was four years ago, I guess, when we met, there was all these ideas I had for not just my business, but my life, like who I wanted to be, like what I wanted to do and what I wanted to create, but I never did any of them. Yeah, And I've been thinking about my life just this past year and just all the comments I've gotten, not just from my clients and my, my family and friends, but even just random people. And they have been consistently reflecting back to me that I'm actually doing what I said I was going to do. I've been keeping the promises I've been making to myself, but I wasn't always that person. And I mean, you weren't either, Gina. Well, you actually reminded me a lot of times that you you used to quit a lot of things. <laughs> like I like everything. Like I yeah. I had so many false starts. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. They like have an amazing idea. I think everyone is a creative at heart. Everyone has ideas. Mm -hmm. But what really distinguishes the person with ideas and the person who actually executes ideas? Because mm. an idea is an idea. Yeah. And that's that's great, but it's really nothing until action I mean, is put behind it. It's just a thought. Um, it's and kind of it's just a thought. It's just in your brain. And to go back to what you were saying about talking to people recently who kind of reflected back that you're kind of doing a lot of things that you said you were going to do before. And I think we talked about this too, that I really feel like I'm not shifting identities. I'm actually returning to my true identity. And yes. a similar thing happened to me where I ran into a woman that I used to work with Gosh, I think that was probably 19, 18 years ago. And I ran into Whoa. her and she asked, you know, are you still in real estate? Because the last time I saw her, um, that's what my focus was on. And I said, well, I'm actually moving into like, I have a podcast now, I'm doing coaching. And she said, oh my gosh, that's always what you were going to do. Like, that's what you always said. Mm. It was such a reminder of, oh my gosh, you're right. I really have been talking about this for 19 years. And so to reflect back on why did it take me so long? When yes. I knew this, when I had this knowing, so many of us say, like, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. I, I always had this feeling inside that this is what I'm meant to do. But why don't we do it? And really, it comes down to the fear of what we are afraid of what we're going to think and what we're going to feel. That's really mm -hmm. what it comes down to. How am I going to feel when I'm doing this thing? And this actually even comes down to like cleaning your house. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Something minor, uh, getting homework done, getting a project done. Most of us are avoiding the feeling, the uncomfort, uncomfortability, and or is that even a word? The discomfort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, discomfort the discomfort of what we're going to feel and experience and think. A lot of times when we're doing something new, like starting a new business, we put that off because of the thoughts that we have around that. Many of us are thinking things like, this is going to be so hard. This is going to take so long. I can't figure this out. And because of those thoughts, our brain is usually trying to conserve energy. So anything that your brain thinks is going to be a really big project typically will try to make you avoid it because it's trying to conserve energy. But on a nervous system level, when you have that fear inside, then your nervous system will typically... Do, do one of two things. It might go into fight or flight. It might go into shutdown. But either way, you're going to experience a level of discomfort in your body that's probably going to make you want to turn away and run. Yeah. I always tell my clients that we only ever deal with two things, and those are thoughts and feelings. We yes. don't actually deal with anything else. If we mm-hmm. didn't have negative thoughts about ourselves, we probably wouldn't have a lot of discomfort within our own bodies. But when it comes to doing anything, like you said, whether it's cleaning your house or starting a podcast, right, we have thoughts about that. And yeah. thoughts are what create the resistance. And I think what I believed was going to be so hard about this journey for so long, so those three, four years where we had the idea, but we weren't taking the aligned action, mm-hmm. it was almost the belief that I thought I had to be someone different or better in order yes. to do it. Yep. And I think that gets in everyone's way because they are believing that they need to become more, you know, be smarter, somehow be more capable. And I think what I want everyone to know is like, no, you literally just have to be yourself. And yeah. how you are right now, whatever you are learning at this moment, it is potent and powerful and vital that you share it at this point in time because people are going to be able to meet you at that level. Mm-hmm. And then of course, as you evolve, just like we have, your audience grows and evolves too. Like I feel like everyone who started with us, even if it was a year ago or a month ago, like you have been spiraling higher with us. And so I love that you mentioned that, Gina, about how you also got to realize that you've returned back to an identity that Mm -hmm. you always were because that's how I've been feeling too. So I'm moving out right now and I'm literally taking everything out of my apartment. By the way, I made over $700 on Facebook Marketplace in two days. That's an abundance. Woohoo. Exchanging (laughs) value for money. Like one man's uh, trash is another one's treasure. So anyways, I've been selling all this stuff, but what I've also been doing is going onto my into my bookshelf and kind of taking all the journals and things down and putting those away because those are valuable to me. So I'm not going to throw them away. <laughs> Obviously. But I, I opened a journal last night and it's so crazy. It was from 2017, which was two years before I met you and the year I moved to Vancouver. Mm. And I wrote so much stuff in there that I'm doing right now. What? And I was like, whoa. I actually meant to take um, – I did take pictures. I meant to text them to you because I wrote things like, I want to be a yogi. Like, mm. I will eventually be writing a book. Like, I wrote all these things in there. And when I go back into the journal, I can see this is who I always was. Yes. I just forgot again. I think we forget because we get caught up in society. We get caught up in our own programming, right? I feel like I'm just like tripping over the wires of my programming until I can finally clearly see them and see that those are trying to protect me from the belief that who I am as I am is not good enough. Mm. And so breaking out of the programming is realizing that you don't have to be anything other than what you are. Actually, when you came into this form as a baby on earth, you were already perfect. You Mm -hmm. never had to earn your worth. You never had to change who you are or like become better or worse. There is a level of improvement that Gina and I are getting to now where it's like the improvement doesn't make me a better person or more valuable. It's 
it's basically just this, I don't know how to explain it, this loving caretaking energy of myself. It's not, it's like growing a garden or something. I I also feel like it's, for some reason, skill building to me feels more neutral. We're, We're not improving because we don't think we're not good enough as we are. Right. There's already Mm -hmm. a sense of completion, wholeness, loving ourselves unconditionally, no matter what. This just feels like a fun playground that we get to test out. What does it feel like to go on these monkey bars? How high can I swing? It just feels very experimental and experiential. And I kind of feel like that's why we're here. We're here to experience this life through our consciousness, our bodies. And when we can do that without attaching our worth and our value to the thing, that's when it feels like a playground. And I think prior to starting the podcast, you know, when we were thinking about doing it before, there was too much attachment, which is probably why we resisted it so much. When we started right. this time, it was there was no resistance. It really was fun. You know what? I have a good metaphor for that. It's the difference between an obstacle course and a playground. Yes. Like oh my gosh, those, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Like those could look actually very similar, mm-hmm. right? You know, to the naked eye, <laughs> like obstacle course or playground. And it really is in your approach. So let's just say I was literally looking at a playground, right? And I was like, okay, I have to go, I have to go up the stairs and I have to go across <laughs> the monkey bars and I have to go down the slide. And then, right? Like that's kind of how it feels in life when you're trying to create everything to attain your own self-worth or approval, yeah. which you usually project onto other people. You'll be like, oh, I'm trying to get like the self-worth and approval from like my mom. But it's like, you're not trying to get anything from your mom. You're just trying to get it from yourself. Because yeah. in reality, when your mom, quote unquote, approves you, you give yourself permission to be okay with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's often why we do live in alignment with what our parents want for us, because it gives us that internal permission slip to feel okay. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you never needed that to feel okay. You, you needed to only give yourself the permission slip. But anyways, back to the playground obstacle course thing. If I am viewing everything that I have to do as a means to an end, then it's an obstacle course. Mm. But if I zoom out and nothing is for a means to an end, but every single part of the playground is joyful. So I love this part where I am using the monkey bars. Oh, and now I get to go down the slide, right? Mm -hmm. It's a completely different energy because I think that we could have started this podcast, let's say two years ago, but it would have had obstacle course energy. Mm -hmm. It would have been like, okay, now we have to record and we have to release every single Wednesday. And if we don't release every single Wednesday, then we're going to fall behind. And if we fall behind, then what, right? And what's so interesting is we actually thought about rescheduling this episode because we have a really busy schedule this week. And it's so funny because Gina said to me yesterday, you know what? Like if we skip it, then whatever. Like yeah. it's not a big deal. And we ended up finding time for it. And we do like to find time for it because it's our greatest joy and passion to do this. It doesn't feel like a thing we have to do. Yeah. And I think the reason why it hasn't been a procrastinated thing is because there's not a have to before record. It's an I get to. Yes. And I think you can only really be and I get to energy when your self-worth isn't staked on, isn't on the line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also because we, the thoughts and feelings we have around the podcast are not negative if we, if we don't do it. Right. I think Mm -hmm. if we did miss this episode and we had to kind of skip a week, I wouldn't feel shame or guilt or bad about that. If anything, we would be celebrating the fact that we can take this week off because we decided to. And we've created Mm -hmm. that freedom in our business to be able to do that. Of course, there's a little bit of disappointment, but the shame is not there, right? I'm not afraid of what I'm going to feel if I don't do the thing or because I have to do the thing like you said. Um, This does feel very light. It kind of feels like trust. It feels uh, like alignment. It feels very downstream, free-flowing. And I think when you have that energy around the things that you create, I mean, really, you can only have that 
I think when you're not attached to the thing, right? That mm-hmm. what creates the chains to us feeling like we need to do the thing in order to feel good is that attachment of feeling like we need to do that to feel worthy or good enough, or we need to prove yes. something. And really, you and I have nothing to prove here. A hundred percent. And I think procrastination only becomes activated when we are waiting for the results to deem us worthy. So let's mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm going to start the podcast and I want the podcast to be like top 1%. The only reason why I would procrastinate is if I had deemed the top 1% result as a, basically as a way to validate myself, right? Mm-hmm. So if I believed or had this like, you know, wiggly sense of self-worth and this like self-doubt in the back of my mind that maybe it won't be top 1%, then I'll just get in my own way and not do it, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm trying to protect myself from the result that it doesn't happen. And so procrastination can be dissolved when you really do fall in love with the process more than the result. So for Gina and I, yeah. Being top 1% is really neither here nor there. The gift and the juice and the gold is in getting to sit down and record each week. I Mm -hmm. genuinely, and I know Gina feels the same way, we literally look forward to setting up our little microphones (laughs) and like chatting about what our intentions are going to be because this is what we've dreamed of for the four years, right? We dreamed of having these conversations, of streaming these conversations into your ears, people resonating with it and saying that it's helped them transform, it's helped them heal. That is the good part, not getting to 1% or whatever, 50 million downloads. That feels like the natural byproduct of us consistently being in alignment with this process and staying Mm -hmm. in that get to playground sort of energy. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think we've also defined what success is for us within the Mm. landscape of this podcast, which is meeting our intentions, us finding joy, us having fun, us loving who we are, loving the the company that we get to have between you and I, our guests. And so when we're hitting those, everything else is kind of irrelevant, right? If we don't get to record today for whatever reason, I'm not going to feel shame around that because I still like myself. I still love you. I still love what we're doing. And so I think we've just really created the environment for us to truly thrive and find joy in what we do. And I think mm-hmm. so many of us create a prison around the things that we want to do, right? We, we turn it into this, yeah, prison ward kind of vibe where you, like you said, you have to do it or you can only do it if it's going to look a certain way. And I think that really mm-hmm. stopped us a lot because like you said, I can't start a podcast until, you know, oh, I have the right mic or the one, the mic that me and Sam got, I think it was like, oh my God, each, like 70 bucks. They were so bad. They were so they bad. Were so- <laughs> like and some, a lot of people use that as a reason to not do the thing, right? I have to even just to use real estate as an example, a lot of realtors are like, I need to have all the best marketing before I do that. If we want to get in to be a runner, you might think I need to get the best running shoes before I can start doing that. We create all of these excuses and really they're all masks for fear. Every Mm -hmm. single one. You know what has helped me? There was something you said in there that reminded me of what my two pillars of success really are. And I liked how you said we need to redefine success because yeah, if success is like some future thing, then you're always going to be behind the eight ball and therefore always create the experience of procrastination. Yeah. For Gina and I, with respect to this podcast, there are only two things that were that make this a success. Number one, we had an intention for the collective when we recorded it. Mm -hmm. And number two, we enjoyed creating it. That's it. That's the success. And so we're successful right now as we record this because the intention is for you to be able to identify where you are procrastinating and how you are creating this have-to obstacle course, right? Self-worth and approval in the future energy. And also we're really enjoying ourselves. And I think that you can hear that in all of our episodes. Like no one's making us show up to this. (laughs) Like 
no one's making me come here. Right. <laughs> like right. this is something that I sign up for every single other day or whatever frequency we record at. Like it brings me such joy to show up here and record this. Mm. And frankly, my joy is the success. So I don't actually mind if people don't like this or they don't resonate or if no one ever finds it. It was successful the day we started. Mm, I love that you said that. And I think going back to both of us in our history, I know we both thought we were going to have a radio show. I mean, when I was growing up, podcasts did not exist. Did they exist when you were growing up? I guess they I just remember like NPR radio, which I guess is not technically a podcast, but podcast came into my sphere of awareness around not until 2015. They were they existed before that, but I've only yes. really known about them. Yeah. yeah. For eight so years. anyways, I, I was just gonna say that I think for me growing up, I used to record these radio shows. We were doing like TV shows. You and I were already doing that, right? And I think for so many of us, we really question like what our purpose is and what we're meant to do. And I think what we're meant to do or what our purpose is is really just baked into what we love doing. And a mm-hmm. lot of times it's baked into what we used to love doing when we were kids. And that's mm-hmm. the purpose. I, I was reading A Return to Love, which is such a good book, Marianne Williamson. And she talks about these God-given gifts, right? Like, why would we be given something that we hate doing, right? <laughs> but then a lot of times, the thing that we love doing, we're like, no, that's not the purpose. Like, that can't be it. But like, why not? Even if it's not going to monetize and it was just something that you enjoyed doing, I really wish more people would tap into that, into what they just genuinely used to love doing when they were kids, that childlike energy, that that playful energy. I feel like that is probably the most abundant frequency you could mm-hmm. ever be tuned into. But so many people don't because it doesn't make sense or they think they need more in order to turn this into something. And Right. It's not in alignment with the matrix and like making money. Yes. And I think it's important to say that Gina and I didn't make money from the podcast for <laughs> many months. And that yeah. wasn't even our intention, no, right? I think no. we said this in episode 25 and the abundance and money episode, but we need to remember and reinstate the value of doing something just for our own enjoyment. Like what the heck? We've completely obliterated any value in doing something just because we enjoy it. Capitalism has basically distorted everything as a means to make money. It's like, well, will that translate into dollars? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well then no, I'm not going to spend time doing it. And I think that when we think about our energy and what makes us feel good, that is the most abundant thing ever. I mean, if you attach money to that feeling, then you have work to do. But we realized that it would actually just make us feel good to record these. And that if that isn't valuable, then what is? And so Mm. finding, finding value in the creation of this and connecting with you while doing it, that came first. Um, and then we were able to think about, okay, how can we create more offerings and ways for people to basically tap into the frequencies that we have? Mm-hmm. And I was just going to say that I think an important thing to note is that as we were creating this, it felt like we were actually adding to our life, not taking away. Which is interesting because it actually took more time. I mean, we did have to start scheduling these things. I mean, Mm. I'll never forget when we recorded our first episode and we were like, what do we do now? We didn't (laughs) even know how to get it out there. We didn't have any of those things. And that took time, right? Finding our producer, having these meetings, finding a team to support us. All of this took more time. But Mm -hmm. in a weird way, I actually felt like it took no time at all. It added time to my life. Mm-hmm. It yeah. gave me energy. Yeah. It gave me energy. Yeah. And I think that is a very big um, discernment that I make now between doing things in terms of like 
whatever, whether it's a creative project or something that I'm looking to make money from, I'm only doing it now if it gives me energy. Like I don't, yeah. my energy is too expensive. Like why would I give that up? Mm-hmm. And although this wasn't necessarily in the beginning, something that could make money, I'm like, it gave me energy. And exactly. you, once you understand that energy is money, right? You mm-hmm. you want to build up your energy reserves, right? And that's what Gina is trying to point, uh, point out here is that because we were given so much energy through the creation and joy of this podcast, we use that energy to transform it into something. So yes, yes we use it to figure out how do we get this online? Um, okay, like how are we going to brand ourselves? And all of this took time and energy, but we had been filled up so much from the inside through the creation of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what ended up really creating the brand and growing the brand for now 50 episodes. It's insane. Just over a year now. It's wild. Yeah. And I think a lot of times what happens too, I think when we're on our journey of doing something like this, even if you are excited about it and you love it, again, I think we kind of look at this as like this Mount Everest of a project that we need to get done. And a lot of times what happens is instead of enjoying the process, loving the journey and experiencing joy every step of the way, we kind of put the joy on hold until we get to that destination, right? And then what ends up happening then as if we start seeking these smaller dopamine hits, right? And I think that's where a lot of the distraction can come in sometimes. And I love how Xavier on our well, a few episodes ago talked about shadow careers. I think we also have like shadow tasks, right? Oh, these, yeah. These tasks oh, that yeah. kind of keep us away from doing the actual thing because they give us these mini little dopamine hits. A lot of this mm-hmm. has to also do with addiction to adrenaline as well. So I think we need to point that out. Um, that Because I think a lot of people think... I work really well under pressure. I know that was me. I used to just leave everything until the last minute because I thought I worked better that way. But really what's happening there is that essentially once you realize, oh crap, I only have an hour to finish this, your fear of what's going to happen if you don't get the thing done becomes greater than the fear of doing the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) And that's mm -hmm. why we then end up get this adrenaline rush to give us all of the chemicals that we need in our body to get it done. But that's not even our best expression or our best work, right? Because we're really only using part of the brain because we're hopped up on adrenaline. When you start to experience what it feels like to work and experience and play and create from a place where you're actually in your window of tolerance, where you're not in fight or flight, where you're not on adrenaline, I mean, it feels like another world. But I think so many of us don't even know what that feels like because we do wait until that last moment where we're Mm -hmm. really then relying on the chemicals in our bodies to push us forward, not on our own energy. Yeah. And before the break we took back in June, I think we w- would sometimes do that. We'd be like, oh, fuck, we got to record. Yeah. And then I that never felt good. And so we, we were like, we're not doing that anymore. Like we're just yeah. not doing that. Because also what I've told my clients and what I've learned from my own life is that anything I create from that energy, it just it's just not that good. I end up having to redo it anyways. And that happened to us, I think, a couple of times where we didn't feel really aligned during the recording. And we were like, no. Yeah, we just had a clear intention. Like it felt like just an egoic recording. And like you said, a shadow task, like, Mm -hmm. oh, like what do I need to do in order to like feel safe rather than what is going to feel creative and flowing and what's going to give me energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought of another shadow task that you had last year. (laughs) What is that? You were obsessed with needing to have a website. And I was like, (laughs) you don't need that. Like you don't need that. A hundred percent. I mean, that would just be like- You can have it, but- you don't you, need you, it. You don't need it. 
I think that's a very nuanced thing, though. I think part of it is that we've been fed this narrative of professionalism and what it should look Mm -hmm. like. You know, I think there are people that would say, you know, never work with a provider or service provider that doesn't have a website or doesn't have branding. I think that's just kind of, yeah, just layered into everything that we do, especially when we're starting a business. And especially for someone like me, I've started many businesses and I had certain template that I followed. And I was someone who only ever created from adrenaline and from extreme pressure. And so to do something so hands-off without needing a website, without needing all of these things felt so backwards to me and only added actually to my fear, which held me back even more. So you're right. That was definitely a shadow task, but yeah, I got over that. You did. You did. And it does feel backwards when you start exiting the obstacle course energy and start mm-hmm. embodying the playground energy because there there is almost like this air of like, and you and I have said this to each other many times over the past year, but are we supposed to be having this much fun? Right. Because we are programmed to suffer in work. Yes. Right. And only relax outside of work. And for me, like that's that's giving old earth, like industrial era energy. I don't yes. like that. I don't want to suffer and sacrifice my most valuable resource, which is my time and my energy mm-hmm. for money, right? Or status, so that I can what? Enjoy like Saturday, Sunday. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I want to feel free all the days of my life. I want to feel free in all the activities that I do and in all the creations that I am working on. I feel like right now I feel so abundant, not because I have money, like honestly, not because of that at all, but because I get to do what I love to do with the people that I love. And so I really want to reinstate the value of doing something you love for the joy of it. Mm -hmm. Not just for the fact that it's going to convert to something or become really good and redeem your worth, right? Like what can you really, what can you like begin to do that you have been passionate about that you know you've had in the back of your mind for probably not just even months, but for years? I think anyone listening to this can resonate with the fact that they have had an idea within them that is waiting to be birthed. Mm. And what if you put zero pressure on how it looks to start working on that. And what if you stop beating yourself up for how long you've had the idea? Like, who cares? Time is an illusion. Like Gina and I could have done this like, oh my God, three years we've been sitting on this idea and like, what, now we're doing it? Like, oh, we should have started it again. Or we should have started it three years ago. It's like, there is no three years ago. There's just now. Like we can't start it three years ago. We can only start it in this moment. And once you have that higher intention and why for yourself and the collective, it's so much easier to move forward. And so when Mm. it comes to something that you want to create, let's say whatever, it's a book or a podcast or I don't know, an art mural. It's like, why do you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Like what part of you does that serve? And does it somehow serve others as well? Because once you can pinpoint that, I think that the why is so important because it it will allow you to move past your own personal fears. I think that when I have had smallness creep up on me, I remember that other people also benefit though from me moving forward, like Mm. me moving through this, me evolving past this. Like I learned lessons then I get to teach those lessons. And so people learn. And so it's okay that I'm afraid, but when I have a bigger why, I'm willing to be afraid as I do it. Quickly interrupting this episode to talk about an exciting opportunity to work with both of us, our new six-month coaching mastermind, The Unlayer Itself. Gina, tell them what's happening. Together, we'll be working through the layers of self-worth, self-doubt, fear and anxiety, money trauma, nervous system dysregulation, social conditioning, generational trauma. The Unlayered Self Mastermind is truly unlike anything you'll ever experience. 
We literally created a container that features every single tool and practice that has ever helped us uncover our own unlayered self. Everything we learned to shed self-doubt, fear, guilt, and shame. And we had to spend collectively over half a million dollars in personal and spiritual development to now teach you what we embody. The Unlayered Self is a high-level mastermind that offers one-on-one coaching with both of us, group coaching, two in-person retreats, and an intentional community. You can get all the deeds by clicking the link at the top of our show notes. We begin the journey on September 12th. Let's get back to the episode. Mm, And that actually brings me to my next thought, which is you have to also be okay with what if it doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go, right? Like what, Mm -hmm. what will happen? Because so many, so many of us are. Yes, so afraid of getting in trouble from ourselves if we don't do it right. And what is even right? You know, like I think with the podcast, (laughs) if it weren't for you, I think if I were creating my own podcast, I would absolutely have an idea of what right looks like. I would have an idea of how how long it should take, how it should sound, how everything should look. We would have all the, I would have all these, these expectations of what success again would look like. We're kind of going back to that point. But I think for you and I, we just really wanted to, it to be fun and to feel good. And I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, I think that that's a really big key. And when we're trying to think about what we're going to create or what we're aiming for, what what are the stakes and in your own mind? And I think to really identify that that is really important because we have to really unpack why are we so afraid of doing the thing? Why are we holding ourselves back? What is the block there? Um, and like we said earlier, it really comes down to how we think we're going to feel how we think we're going to... what The thoughts that we're going to think and how we think we're going to feel. And I think when we can really unpack that, I don't... I'm not going to feel that way about myself. I'm going to love myself anyway. It's totally okay if this blows up in her face. Like me and Sam are completely fine with nobody listening to this. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like actually completely fine. We would still show up because we it would, would just be... Up. It would be just. It would just be an incredible. I think we even thought of it as like a digital diary of everything that we're evolving through. And that's actually what past. we said. We said yeah. worst case scenario, we have the best diary ever. Hmm. And so that's actually really interesting. You know, what could be your worst case scenario of this thing not working out? Will it have really been a waste to have spent so much time on something that you feel passionate about? You know, that's the thing I've realized is if I enjoyed creating it, then how could it be a waste of time? And I think that people are procrastinating because they're asking themselves, but what if it's not successful? It's like, but wait, if success is enjoying your time, Exactly. Then there's no way for it to not be successful. So then there's nothing to fear. Like, I feel like that's how I was able to bust the illusion that procrastination had created for me within my own mind, which was that, but if this doesn't happen, then it will be this. And it's like, but wait, I'm already successful because I'm enjoying creating it. So ha, like you can't fool me because procrastination was saying, (laughs) but I I don't want to do it. And I'm afraid to do it because it might not be good enough. Right. But it's like, wait, good enough is not the parameter that I'm measuring this by. And also right. what even is good enough? Like you said, what is right? And I think good enough is just you being okay with yourself. Like yeah. you can't wait to be good enough to everyone else because think about, let's like use the podcast space. Do you know how many podcasts there are? Like if you're listening to this, you're listening to one out of, I don't even know. I want to say there's like, there has to be millions. I was just going to say, there has to be millions. There, there has, has to be, be millions, right? Yeah. Like everyone and their mom like has purchased a mic and started a podcast. So it it doesn't really matter if you're good enough to everyone who's listening to podcasts. It's like, you just need to be good enough to yourself and the people that you want to reach. Like yeah. when I look at the homepage 
on Spotify podcast, I'm like, wow, never heard of that one. And I'm never going to click on it. Like it doesn't matter though, because that person is successful because they enjoy creating it. And you know what? They probably have their own unique corner of the internet that really likes what they're sharing. And so I think it's not about being good enough because frankly, you'll never know that. Like, what are we going to take a vote? Are we going to survey every single person ever who's listened to a podcast? If this is good, you would just be getting subjective information. Well, and you need to survey them like every hour of every day because they're going to change their minds and you're going to have new episodes. Exactly. Their frame of reference is based on their state of consciousness. And so Mm -hmm. what when someone's saying it's good or it's not good, they're not even saying anything about you. They're just revealing information about themselves and what they think is good or bad. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually mean that you are good or bad. And this comes up all the time. Actually, this is a very perfect time to mention this. I got into a fight with my partner last night about Taylor Swift. (laughs) This happens often. This happens often, okay? He is someone who only knows the like very cookie cutter based image of her. He doesn't, okay, it would be like being a fan of the Marvel universe and then someone watching only one of those movies and being like, I don't like Marvel. It's like, right. what do you yeah. what do you mean? Like, right. like Spider-Man is just one thing of Marvel. Like, do you even understand how that weaves with all the other universes? Like Marvel universe is fucking huge. Like, and it's so complex. That is how I feel about Taylor Swift. She is Marvel universe. And when someone says they don't like this song or like this, I'm like, you that makes no sense. Like you're only able to judge based on what you know. And so we have this conversation about how he only knows the singles that she's released because he's only ever heard Taylor Swift on the radio, right? He's never like gone into the deep cuts. He's never listened to the songs that weren't a single. And I'm like, you can't even say that she's good or bad because you don't you don't know the whole story. Like you're only mm. basing that on what you've experienced. And then I gave the example of saying like, he's obsessed with Stanley Kubrick. So I was like, what if I watched like a Stanley Kubrick movie and it was the only Stanley Kubrick movie I ever watched. And then I said, he wasn't a very good director. You'd be like, you don't, what do you mean? Like his, that's like one of his directorial styles. Like you need to watch this movie and this movie and that movie. And so learning that outsourcing my opinion to other people was honestly such a losing game, (laughs) was such a freedom permission slip and allowed me to dissolve so much procrastination because I don't need someone else's approval anymore. Like what would their approval even mean? Right. Right. Think about Taylor Swift. Like what would Joel's approval even mean about her music? Nothing. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. And so it's that she has an intention and a desire to create, right? And I think it's going to go the same way for everyone, right? Like when it comes to creation, it's not about being good enough for all the people. It's just about being good enough for yourself and finding Mm. joy and value in creating that, even if it's just for yourself. Totally. Yeah. I really hope that this episode helps someone to really take inventory on what are you putting on pause? You know, and it's so funny because you was talked about wasting time, and a lot of people think, "Oh, well, I'll do that later when I have time. I don't want to waste time doing that now." But it's like you're already wasting time and not wanting to waste time. Like you're wasting <laughs> time, kind of either way, right? You're losing time right now on not actually doing the thing that you want to do in an effort to like not waste time doing the thing that you want to do. It's kind of a a weird workaround or like a weird way to think of it. But I think again, it's just the way that we're programmed. But I am just hoping that this inspires someone to really think about like, what are you putting on pause? What do you Mm -hmm. know that you want to do 
but you're just not doing it for for what reason? And we get to be really deeply curious without the shame, Mm -hmm. you know, with so much compassion. And I think I, I think of these dreams and these deep desires as these little like feral scared animals. You know, we've got to kind of <laughs> coax them out because they're afraid of what you're going to say if they do come out and say, hey, I really want to do this thing, right? Because mm-hmm. again, we do judge ourselves so, so much. And that's why most of us are afraid of doing anything. I mean, think about why speaking in public is like the biggest fear, like bigger than dying, because we're afraid of the judgment we're going to get from other people and ourselves. And so what would happen? Who could you be? What would you get done? if you didn't have the pressure, if it didn't mean anything, you know, in terms of how well you did it or how bad you did it? What if that didn't mean anything? What if all that counted was you doing the thing? Yeah. I think that's really the success meter now is like not whether it's good or bad or what happens, but like the success is just getting it done and getting it started. And I think one of the most heartbreaking thing about having these unlived desires in our heart is that they never go away. Mm because they're reflections of who we deeply are. And so when I look at those journals, like I talked about at the beginning of this episode, I think about how heartbreaking it would have been for that version of me and who I am now, had I not acted on these desires that I had. And so I think the success now to myself is being true to the desires in my heart and doing them regardless of whether they become quote unquote successful or not, because the non-success is me failing myself Mm. and hiding myself and lying to myself that I don't really want to do that because I did that with this podcast. Like, I don't really care. Whatever. Yeah. Who who wants to hear another person on a podcast? (laughs) Like I did that too, this false humility. Like no one wants to hear what I have to say Mm. and to come full circle, you know, at 50 episodes and to know that we have, I think it's like close to 500 five-star ratings and I don't even know how many people have left us nice reviews. I've, I have been reading them actually recently just to remind myself of what a beautiful gift this has been to create, but I'm not even doing it for that. For me, I'm I'm really doing it for me. Yeah. And so what if the thing you are procrastinating, you let go of all the expectations on that thing and you you did it just because there's a part of you inside, there's really an inner child inside that wants you to do that. Mm, and I think the way that I've kind of started thinking about these dreams and these kind of desires that we have that just like live in our hearts. Like you said, that they've been with us since childhood. They're never going to go away. It's just something that you just have this itch or this just deep, yeah, knowing that you really want to do it. I really think of them as, like I said earlier, a gift from God. And when you think about receiving a gift, like imagine if you gave me a present and it was like, I don't know, a really nice sweater. And I was like, I love it, but I never wore it. (laughs) <laughs> you'd be like I'd you be like do you love it you like it I'm like I love it it's m- totally my style I'm obsessed with it it's exactly the one I wanted and truly it is but I'm not wearing it that's kind of how I see these gifts or wait imagine me giving you a sweater and you'd be like I love it and then later on being like I gave you a sweater like have you worn it and you're like you didn't give me a sweater right <laughs> I'm like yes I did I literally gifted it to you and you're it's like I don't have that in your closet <laughs> it's like no 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 that's something else that's something else yeah and and so when we think about it like that I don't know I've been thinking about compliments this kind of goes back to maybe a different conversation but I was just even just thinking about compliments and how when somebody compliments me I do have a really hard time receiving it but even that's a gift and someone's handing you a gift and you're just like basically hitting their hand and throwing the gift on the ground and I think that our desires our dreams our gifts like our our, our God-given gifts, I think are just that. They are a gift. And so treat it like such. Hold it with so much reverence and appreciation because there's a reason why you desire it. I think so many people are confused. You know, they think they're supposed to do this one thing 
oh, and by the way, I like doing this other thing sometimes too. And it's like, no, you have those backwards. Like that thing should be taking Mm. priority. That thing is what you should be nurturing. And it's really interesting with raising my daughter because I've been very intentional about not projecting onto her kind of what I think she should be doing. But, you know, I think kids just naturally start liking what their parents do. But even as she's trying out these different sports and activities, I'm my main priority is what does she have the most fun doing? You know, in, in which activity mm-hmm. does she feel the most lit up, the most like herself? And you want to know it's so funny. So for any parent who lives, I guess, in our area, maybe in other areas too, it is impossible to get swimming lessons right now. Like, impossible. It is like winning the lottery. And so I signed her up for um, a swim class, finally got in, but it happens to fall on the same day and time as her musical theater class. And so on the way out today, I asked her, I said, okay, you got to pick which one. And it was really hard for her because she loves both. She really wants to expand on her swimming skills, but loves music. And she was like, when do I need to decide by? And I was like, you have until like tomorrow morning, basically. And five minutes later, she's like, I've made my decision. (laughs) And I was like, which one did you pick? And she's like, music. Because music is, she literally said, it's in my heart. It's what I really want to do. Swimming, I also enjoy doing, but what really lights me up the most is music. And I want to, I don't want to stop doing that. And it was in that moment, I was like, Mm. wow, like she already has it on lockdown. Most people in adult life would think swimming is more practical. That is a life skill I should be doing. She doesn't have any of that framework yet. She's purely making decisions, riding the waves of her inspiration, riding the waves of what she loves doing, what lights her up and makes her feel like herself the most. And it was a five-minute decision for her. You know, what would happen for us if we made decisions based on, yeah, what felt the most like us? What's going to light us up the most? What's going to bring us the most joy? Our lives would completely change. And I honestly, truthfully, I think that's why you and our lives, you and me, have changed so much over the past few years because our North Star became our joy. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know any human being actually so far that isn't doing, or sorry, I don't know a human being that is doing passion work that lights them up and is not quote unquote successful. Yeah. Not, not like in the traditional sense, but also in the sense that I'm talking about, which is that the success is doing what you love. So they yes. are successful, but, but also in the traditional sense, yeah. like they reflect so many different versions of success back to me um, because yeah, they're doing it with love. They love to be doing it. They wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And it's amazing. Like I actually just became really good friends with a creator who moved to Tennessee, which is mm. actually my home state. And he started a garden and he has a huge ass freaking farm. And he's a gardener and he had no idea that that would end up becoming his passion and purpose. And he literally has like almost 3 million followers on TikTok making garden videos. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you can be successful doing anything if you love it. And when I look at him, I actually told him this in person, but I said, you are one of the most abundantly successful people I've ever met mm. because I've never met someone who's so passionate and in love with what they do, who loves sharing with other people. And he said, I know. He's like, I, I was successful before like any of like this stuff came in because I just felt so grateful to be living this life. Mm. And I just, I want more people to see examples, including us and other people, maybe on social media, wherever you are finding models to really be inspired by. Like just just look at what they're doing. Like yeah. they're, they're doing what they love. And I, I'm so confused why we've been so programmed and why we're not reversing that programming faster. Because when I look at famous people, like, Let's use Taylor Swift again as an example. Like she is doing what she loves. Hence why she's wildly successful. Like why are we still believing that we have to do things that we hate 
not successful. I'm not really under like the the math ain't mathing for me. Well, it comes down to the what they're measuring success by, right? I mean, mm. for the most of us, we measure it by how much money we have, how what what house we have, you know, how quickly are we upgrading our lifestyle? That is what success is. Happiness has no part in that equation. And right. I actually have a video about this, and it's something that I talk to my clients about all the time. That when you chase success, happiness is not guaranteed. Like I said, it's honestly not even part of the equation. We just chase success in the traditional sense of having a metric driven, something that you can measure, right? And prove to other people like, look at me, I'm successful. But when you chase happiness first, success is automatically baked in. Because to me, mm-hmm. success is being happy, right? And and I think when we yeah. change that definition, like we've talked about a few times already in this episode, it really kind of obliterates procrastination. Because again, procrastination yeah. is just a mask for fear. And so when you lean on happiness and the fear of what if I'm not good enough is not there. There's nothing to procrastinate. You just do it. If you think about the things that you do in your life that you're not afraid of, you don't think about it 40 times over before you do the thing. You just go and do it, right? Like, well, there's no self-evaluation in those things. Exactly. And so what Mm -hmm. if we could do that with our desires too? What if we made the goalpost just being happy and making it as fun as possible? Honestly, even when it comes to doing something like taxes, I always tell my clients to... Make it as enjoyable as you can. Like how yeah, can light you make, a candle. Light a, I always light a candle. I put on music, whatever I'm vibing to, whether it's like 90s boy bands, whatever. Make it fun. Make it, you know, glam it up for yourself. Have some treats. Like do something to make it easier. Like we do this for kids all the time, right? If we give them medicine, we True. like put it in like candy. Um, if they have to go to the <laughs> dentist, we get, we let them watch TV or give them something to distract them. We do that all the time. And I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is to romanticize the process maybe of even something mm. that you don't want to do. How can you make that more enjoyable? I just feel like now... I just want to enjoy as much of my life as I can. You know, even if you're just driving from point A to point B, how can you even make that enjoyable? Like, how can we actually experience life as it's happening? Mm. And how can we try to squeeze like the juice and the joy out of every moment? Um, Because I truly believe that everything can be enjoyable, even something like taxes. 100%. I've been enjoying every single part of my life recently. And, you know, from an esoteric perspective, I said earlier, um, there's no self-evaluation and the things that we don't have fear over. But what if there was actually no self at all, Mm. right? That would be enlightenment. Yeah. You would just experience things as they are. You wouldn't experience things as Gina suffering or Sam's. You would just be doing the taxes or you would just be doing the podcast. Like there wouldn't be like a Sam to judge who's doing the podcast or a Gina to get mad at during the taxes. Right. Like that self-evaluative part is just, gone. And that's like low key how I've been for the past month where like, there's no me. Right. It's it's so weird to vocalize to people because they're like, but you are you. And I'm like, no, like I'm like in this human body and I've been given a name and I have memories. Right. But there's actually no me here. Like I'm just the creative awareness that's Mm. like occupying this present moment in this body. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think that is a lot of what kids feel in the moment. Like they're not, they're not thinking about evaluating themselves or they don't have a self-identity until about eight years old. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why they're in the moment. And that's also why they experience time the way they do. Yeah. Right. And you can actually 
really find that vibration and frequency again in adulthood. I mean, that's that's a spiritual path. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you get back to who you always were? Yeah. Um, how do you return to love? Like Gina said about Marianne Williamson's book. And that's our intention behind this podcast. And it's why we've dissolved procrastination within our own selves because it's not worth just flailing and evaluating my self-worth over and over again for the next three years. Like I have a higher intention and my success is different than it used to be. The success is not that it makes money or that I look good while I'm doing it, but the success is that I enjoy creating it. And how it feels it. when you're creating it. Like that, that's the only measuring stick that I have is how do I feel when I'm doing this thing? And when we're feeling in joy and when we're feeling curious, like even if it's something that you don't know how to do and you have a sense of awe and curiosity, like think about kids when they're exploring something brand new. Like at the pool today, there was a, a young baby. I think it was his first time in the pool because he just looked so elated. But he's like, what is this thing? Oh my gosh, there's water everywhere. And it's like, what if we approached life like that with this curiosity and awe? We talked about a lot. Was that our last episode? I can't remember, but I think it was a few episodes ago. But yeah, yeah, I think any moment once you awaken to a deeper, a deeper quality of life that is not obsessed with constantly thinking if you're good enough to do things, you yeah, you naturally invoke awe and curiosity, Mm -hmm. and you just begin to look at the world again through the eyes of a child and and a child would see a playground, not an obstacle course. Yes, and that's what I was just gonna say. Is so funny is that it feels like all I'm doing is trying to be like my daughter. (laughs) It's so funny because my whole life, my whole 20s, I was striving to be like this other 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old, someone who has accomplished so much, attained all these businesses, all this money. And now I'm over here like, all I want to do is live like my daughter and be in the moment (laughs) and, and love what I used to love when I was 10. Like, totally. But also, we can't disrespect that journey of trying to become a somebody, as Ram Das would have said, right? Yes. He talks about you have to become a somebody so that you can learn to let that go and become a nobody. Absolutely. Like that journey of becoming somebody who has these businesses and makes this money and like has this identity. It's like you have to also know that so that you can unknow it. Absolutely. Because so otherwise, I you're think- always going to be chasing that because you you do believe that that is going to feel a certain way. Yeah. But it's not until you, gotta you get, get there, there first. That you realize, oh, this actually isn't what I thought. I actually feel the exact same, if not worse. Yeah. And I actually wondered too at the beginning of my spiritual journey, like, why do I have to do this part where like I believe in the matrix of my programming? Like, why does that have to happen? And it's like, because it's for the evolution of your consciousness. Yeah. Like you have to do that so that you can learn to become aware of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so much sweeter when you learn to become aware of it because you were already that when you were a baby. Like you were already deeply aware. You had no story. You had no ego. But it's so much sweeter to experience life from this perspective because I've been like, basically it feels like to hell and back. It's well, like, yes. I know how good heaven on earth is because I went to hell. Well, that's like the thing. I went that's, into my mind. That's why contrast is so important. We only can appreciate the light because of the dark. I told you that I can only appreciate our relationship to the depths that I do because of all of the not so great ones that I've been through, right? I can only mm-hmm. feel the true joy in doing something that I love because I've experienced what it feels like to really hate what I'm doing and to hate myself while I'm doing it. It's that mm-hmm. contrast that creates so much of that beauty. And so, yeah, you do need to go through a lot of that in order for us to really be able to appreciate what is when we get it. Get, mm-hmm. get When we get locked into that, um, the truth, really, at the end of the day, 100%. it's coming back to truth. 
A hundred percent. And if you have been procrastinating a lot and beating yourself up, know that you are not alone. This is Mm -hmm. actually a theme that was inspired by our most recent community connection call, which by the way, we host those monthly for free. And it was something that we realized, okay, we need to talk more about this. And it's also going to be one of the themes that we address more deeply inside of the Unlayered Self Mastermind. So Mm -hmm. if you have been listening along to Spiraling Higher, you know that we have a six-month mastermind that's starting September 12th. And we have just two spots left. Mm. So if you are curious to know more about that, we have some information and a link in the show notes. You can also just DM us directly. We would love to work with you. I think that this work has been some of the most transformative that we've ever done, You know, releasing the layers of self-doubt, guilt, right? Confusion, anxiety. These are all things that stop us and create that space between knowing and doing. And we talked to the people who have decided to join the group, which is turning out to be such a wonderful uh, group dynamic so far. But you know, all of them are in the space of knowing. It's like they know, just like you. They know what they want to do. They know where they want to go, but they're not going, mm-hmm. right? It's like, how do we collapse that space? And yes. I think one of the most important things is mentorship and community, right? Knowing that you have somewhere to land when you get scared, right? Knowing you have somewhere to land when you make a quote unquote mistake, right? How do you keep going? How do you continue closing that gap between knowing and doing? Mm-hmm. And so that's just a little bit about the Unlayer Itself Mastermind. But like I said, we have more info in the link in the show notes. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us, as Sam said, because we love chatting with you all. Um, But otherwise, we will see you inside of the community. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, and we hope to see you on the next monthly connection call. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and a review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. And we lovingly invite you to join our free Spiraling Higher community by clicking the link in the show notes to continue this healing dialogue and share with us how this episode impacted you. Come on in, introduce yourself, and meet your conscious besties in a safe space for healing conversations between us and other like-minded people on their healing journey. Here's to Spiraling Higher.